when when I think about music is like a room and you're entering that person's room and you're listening to them you know it's it's like different rooms of musicians I'm your host Miss Bailey Jean and I'm Jonathan Bell and you're listening to the Gen Z Boss podcast podcast dedicated to helping Gen Z succeed in the changing world we want to help you become a boss in all areas of your life whether it be in education, finances, or your career, we research and bring in new guests to help you become a Gen Z boss. Nicole, um, do you just want to go ahead and just introduce yourself? Give us a quick introduction. Yeah, uh, my name is Nicole Varel. I am 19 years old, and I am a part-time musician. Okay. So I am sitting with Nicole today because, one, I'm obsessed with her music. She is... Such if you have if you need to go listen to her after this episode, um, but she's also someone I would consider a Gen Z boss. Um, and so I want to start today. Do you want to tell us some more backstory, whatever you're comfortable with about your life and your story? Yeah. So before I came here, I lived in Philippines, and it was this city named uh, or called Manila. Okay. And when I was about three years old, I was living with my dad. So at the time, um, I had a total of six siblings and we were all like separated household because, well, in my country, families over there are pretty poor. So, um, so in order to like save money, we had to split the household. So my dad and me and then I had two other siblings. He took uh, care of us, but he was working at a construction site at the time. So, you know, he would wake up in the morning, fix his stu- his hair and stuff, and then go to work. And then mostly we would be alone, like, in the morning till at night when he comes home. But anyways, long story short, I was playing with a group of friends, and... My dad had always told me, you know, don't go out because I'm worried about your safety. You know, it was a pretty dangerous uh, moment in, in the streets back in my country. So, well, my, three, my three-year-old self didn't listen. So I bailed out the house and I was playing with a group of friends and I had lost, like, the, the street I, I had lived in. So... Mm-hmm. I was lost at uh three when I was three years old, and then a police officer found me, and he um he took me in to a convent, and the convent was like with nuns. Mm-hmm. It was a nunnery convent, and so I was there until I was eleven. So they took they took care of me. They educated me. Mm-hmm. Um. And then for a few years, I was the only child there until they decided, hey, you know what? We want to help more kids like her. So because of that, there is an orphanage there now um, for kids who from, well, kids starting from the age of three all the way to 11. Mm -hmm. And so it turned into like a orphanage. And 
So, you know, in, in, in Facebook, if you look up the history, it'll be my name on there because of a three-year-old, you know. So I got adopted at the age of 11 okay. by my parents now. I didn't know for two years that I was getting adopted. I think it was for a reason of um, some parents would, like, return the kids, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it would really break people's heart if he found out that oh they didn't want you so so for two years I was completely clueless that I was coming to America Mm -hmm. and I got adopted and I came here I was honestly really scared because that meant I had to give up everything I had over there to start a new life here (laughs) so at that point, I had, you know, like, I didn't have a choice, really, because the government over there had had my file open for adoption for quite a long time, and no one really wanted to adopt me. That's pretty sad. That's <laughs> <laughs> really sad. But, hey, I'm here now. Yeah. So, so my parents... They were like, oh, we're so excited, and I'm the only child. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it was... It was hard being an only child a lot of only children people would know that out there but um I went to a private school and then went to public school Mm -hmm. it was it was honestly like a lot of life changes yeah so but yeah and now I'm here now you're here yeah yeah How has those experiences impacted your music? So, because of a lot of life-changing events in my life, I felt like, how do I tell my story mm-hmm. without writing a really long book? Because honestly, I'm not. I, I don't like to write mm-hmm. essays or, or just you know just long stories itself. So then. I had a passion for music since I was younger. Like, I started learning music, like, piano when I was three years old. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've always known that someday music has going to have a huge impact with my life. So I started making, like, melodies and lyrics at the age of, like, 15. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when there's a day where I'm just sad, there was a breakup, or my my parents just yelled at me for something, you know, I would sit there in my room, play piano, and then I would just write music. I would just add lyrics to it, how sad I really was, or how happy I was. I would say the breaking points of my life really had a huge impact on the music I write today. Are there certain things that you write about the most? or like, Do you use music to cope with certain things? I would say depression. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not saying this, oh, it's okay to be depressed or anything. Yes, it is. But at some point, a lot of my music, you know, a lot of people, when they listen to it, they're like, oh, why is it so sad? You know, and all that stuff. It's not because I want them to be sad. I want, or I want to feel sad, but... Mm-hmm. It was, it was like a diary to me, you know, like, I didn't, since I didn't like writing on a notebook, you know, music and writing music was the diary for me. So, like, 
the song that I wrote about women's rights, mm-hmm. you know, I my whole entire life I was always pro pro women, you know, like I want women to have the power to to get the job whatever they want, to get the education they want, you know, and I wrote the music now, uh, We Are Human, was to show that what does society look at us as, you know, as a woman and the hard, uh, how hard it is to live as mm-hmm. a woman. Definitely a lot of it is like depression and dealing with depression. I- I'm honestly might about to release a song about depression is okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. So looking at your, like, the way you write music, mm-hmm. maybe you have a different else, like perspective you can give us. From outside perspective, a lot of it is a feeling. We are human. Yeah. Like, the whole, like, there's lyrics, obviously, but the yes. majority is the melody and, like, the f- instrumentals that right. really, really gives you this feeling. Do you right. feel like you go off that first and then write lyrics? Yes. Yes. I, that's a really good, yeah. So when I write my music, I always have this idea of... How is this going to deliver to people? So in a way, it, it's more of like, what do I feel mm-hmm. in this moment? You know, and and most of that instrumental stuff, because that's the first thing I write, not even the lyrics first. I always write the instrumental first. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, it's really like a book of what I'm feeling right now. So like right now, I'm just feeling a little chill like you know I, I'm pretty chill right now so if I were to write a song right now it'd be like a chill vibe mm-hmm. you know so so yeah so those music I write is like I, I'm writing those 12 o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. and I'm feeling like I'm really sad about how society is is treating women you mm-hmm. know and that's how I deliver my music so dive us deeper into that song oh my like, my yeah. argument yeah yeah dive us deep like when you <laughs> What do you want the audience to hear when they listen to that? So the lyrics with that song, We Are Human, is generation-wise. So mm-hmm. like us as a younger generation, we know that our our ancestor has fought hard to, to have women's rights, to be able to vote, mm-hmm. you know, um, to have the job that we have today. And so the song I wrote, or... The lyrics that I wrote is one of them says, "Mother, they say we're not enough." It's it's a way of saying the society thinks that we're lower mm. and we're never going to be enough to be on the top of where like business owners, you know, like uh, especially government, you know, we don't we used to not see women up there, but so it was in a way for me to say mom like I, I I just want to tell you that the society thinks we're not enough but we are and so I wrote after that but we're going to make this world ours because mm-hmm. you know women power yeah all the way. so yeah so all of those lyrics has also like a story behind my own experience mm-hmm. so like there was one part of the song where women who went through rape it was like all these events that's happening while you went through that and it's harder to talk about it than you know when when I, I'm sitting here and I ask you hey you know t- 
tell me what happened so you can it's not that easy Mm -hmm. so when I had that experience honestly I wasn't able to like say everything I wanted to say Mm -hmm. because I, I, I I hated it so much you know but today that I am able to cope with it. Mm-hmm. I wanted to add that little section in the song that I hear you and and you know you don't have to talk or speak to me about it because I hear you mm-hmm. and and I've been there before and I want you to understand that you know as a community of women, you know, like you're going to be hurt one way or another. So that honestly that part of the song I was I was I was crying because yeah. it was like, oh my god! But it's a powerful part. Yeah, a lot of people actually right now it, it's like uh, on my uh, my data. It's like the top song right now on my playlist that people are listening to everywhere around the world. And I was really that was my goal. Yeah, I, I want people to hear that. So I, I'm really proud of myself because I worked so hard for that, and I didn't expect it to like be heard by other people and I get a lot of compliments you're like your your music is so powerful and I'm just like oh, thank you it, it's <laughs> supposed to be powerful yes so yeah that is amazing what advice would you give to other young musicians that want to also empower others through their music um I would say that don't let people say that you can't do it Mm-hmm. Because I've had so many people that say, oh, there's so many musicians out there. It's, it's a huge competition. You're not going to make it. And if they say you're like one person against thousands of other musicians that are fighting, that's not what being passionate is about. Like mm-hmm. for me, when my parents said, you can't do music, you can't be a musician because... You can't earn money that way. Mm -hmm. I don't care if I don't earn money that way. It's all about being able to connect with people. And when when I think about music, it's like a room. And you're entering that person's room and you're listening to them. You know, it's, it's like different rooms of musicians. So if they say no, you do the opposite. You do it. It doesn't matter if you get thousands of listeners or just a few people. But if you just do what you love, it's it's going to be worth it. That's my advice for musicians, because I hear way too many, like, you can't do it. Musicians are, you know, blah, blah, yeah. blah. So I still want to do it. So I love that take. I've never heard that room analogy. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I always, yeah, I... When when I when I view music, for me it's just like you know when I put my music out there, these listeners yeah are entering my own room to listen to wow. what I have to say. So okay, so I have one final question for you. Then you can take some time to think about it if you need to. Okay. But what does the term Gen Z boss mean to you? We're taking over this world. Our generation will preach. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's when when I think of Gen Z. It, it, it reminds, it, it makes me think, you know, our generation is going to take up roles and, and whatever it is to make this place a better place to live in. Mm-hmm. Because right now, I think we need, need, need people to really change things. And I, and I feel like our generation is next. 
because I've seen a lot of people like <clears throat> Jonathan Bell. <laughs> he is he's he's on his way to run things out there. Yeah, know? and and there's 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 a lot more people that I'm seeing like huge like big future. There's mm. big plans. So where can we find you? Oh, you can find me everywhere. Okay. <laughs> well, you can find me uh, in on Spotify. It's uh, Nicole Harrell, no space. Okay. It's Nicole Harrell, no space. Um, and you can also find me on Instagram. If you just look up my name, Nicole Harrell, it should show up on Instagram. Yeah. And I'll have those linked in the show notes. And oh. everyone should 1,000% go listen to her because it's going to absolutely change your life. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode and found something useful. For more information, check out our show notes and follow us on our socials. As always, feel free to reach out and tune into the Gen Z Boss Podcast every Tuesday for a new episode.